Welcome to HivriaCast, the podcast where I, Alad Nehrai, speak with some fascinating and incredible creative Jews. Hello and welcome to HivriaCast. I am so excited. I have... It's only the second time, I believe, that we've had two guests, and this one is a pretty unique uh, pairing because, well, first of all, it started from a drunken conversation, which I'm very excited about. I think that's where, like, we had, like, a creative moment, I felt like, um, and so I'll just jump into who it is. We have Hanan Meister, yes, got it right, Meister, and Elisheva, or do you, Elise, which one do you prefer? Elisheva. 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 Maester as well, um, yeah. who we had a conversation at our variety show. If you don't know, we have a variety show at our Hevria house like about once a month. And we were talking outside and we had this whole discussion about how I was so fascinated. <laughs> I don't think I would normally be this brave, but luckily I was, like I said, you know, in the right state of mind. And we had a good, a good night. It was like a really fun night. And we were talking a bunch and I was just like, I'm kind of amazed that you two are divorced and get along and like hang out and stuff. And I don't know, maybe that's my own bias, but I, I was kind of surprised and amazed by it. Also, Ali Sheva happens to be an uh, incredible performer. I know and like you you were in, um, now you're in the new moon. No, you're in Pearl. Sorry. Uh, or you're not in Pearl. No, I play with oh, Pearl. You play um, with Pearl. Okay. Yeah, but I'm, also, I'm mainly playing with my friend Amelia. In her band, oh Nehadar. right! Yeah, she was on too on on her right. guest. Right. Okay. So you're in Nehadar. Is yes. that what's called Nehadar? Okay. Yeah. And okay. And Hanan, you come to all our stuff, and I mean a lot. And I feel like you have some latent creativity that hasn't been expressed yet. Is that possible? It's it's very possible. Yeah. I mean, you come like there's something going on here. Right. Well, he had a blog like, for years. He had a blog for years. That's actually how we met. Yes. That's how you met. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a perfect yeah. segue. Yeah. Because I just like brought it up in a super awkward way, but now we can talk about. So, how did you guys meet? Through the blog. All right. Yeah. Next. <laughs> yeah. Can we go into more detail about? It? Um. Yes, yeah, so I found his blog. Um, through like clicking through the comments on other blogs, and I started commenting, and then I got an email like, "Hey, are you Pam? Who went to?" <laughs> Lowell Academy. Such an embarrassing story. <laughs> Wait, in the 90s who or something. Who's Pam? Wait, what? I don't know who Pam is. <laughs> Wait, you sent her a message? Yes. Asking if she was Pam? There was yeah. a girl in my class whose name was Pam. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. I don't remember her last name. So you thought she might be Pam? I mean. Wait, but she was commenting on your stuff or something? And that's. And you saw her name was Elisheva? No, like, it, w- it was her. Um, I don't know what the name was. Elisheven. No, it wasn't. That was oh, later. Oh, it was like a username. That yeah. was a dif- Got it. Yeah. Okay. This is exactly. like in 2008. Eight. Got it. Nine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you saw, you thought she was Pam. She wasn't Pam. She wasn't Pam. Yeah. Right. This is boring. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're, already, you're already judging the podcast. We just, it's uh, three minutes in. This is the <laughs> three longest minutes of our lives. <laughs> this is the, the symphony. What is it? The, 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 what is it? The symphony of conversation. That's not the phrase. You see, I can't even get it right. I'm a great podcast host, in case you didn't know. But my point is that <laughs> so we validated. are gonna get. We're gonna get into it. It's all good. Okay. We're gonna be fine. And by the way, we don't edit, so they're gonna hear all of this. I this know. is gonna be great. I just. I feel like I derailed it. So. Um, so no, are you rock. You rock. No, I thought the Pam detail was fascinating. Okay. But yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I thought she was Pam for for thirty seconds. And right. I figured out that she wasn't. Okay. Um, and we 
like commented on each other's blogs and mm-hmm. emailed and then um, G chatted. G chatted, yeah, because that was the big thing back then. Yeah. You G chatted, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, so G chat was like your connection. I yeah. mean, the blog, then the G chat. The blog and G chat. Yeah. Got it. Uh, it's so interesting, like internet connection. I also like I got like I knew my wife beforehand, but like we reconnected through Facebook. So similar. So Facebook did one a good thing. It did one good thing. <laughs> that was back when Facebook was like not you know the worst. So you know, I right. mean, maybe it was, but like we didn't know it, it as much. It worked for you. Yeah, that's what counts. It's true. It's yeah. True. So okay, so you connected, and then so I was in Smicha. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're both, town. by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're both Balichuva, right? No. Oh, you're not Balichuva? Scandal. Yeah. Oh my, scandal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm shocked. Really? I'm like so surprised. You seem so, which is like super. Cool and chill and amazing. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. Well read. Well yeah. read. Yes. Cultured. That's so, well, you did know about Seinfeld, which we met, we were talking about off uh, microphone. But, um, okay, so you're not Balichuva. Elishev is Balchuva. All right. It's all, it's all starting. The picture is starting to form. I'm excited. Sorry, continue. <laughs> uh, I totally interrupted you. Yeah, that's okay. You used to yeah. it. So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, continue. I don't. You think, do we have to go into like the whole. Yeah, I don't know. We don't have to tell the whole story. Yeah. Skip a, skip a bunch. Saga. Anyway, we got married eventually. Got it. These things happen. Yeah. I guess, I guess my, the reason I asked that was because I'm curious, like, was it a long process, a short process, like that sort of thing? Hmm. Felt long. Felt long at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Felt long. When you're a child, everything feels. Yeah. Oh wow. Or when you're, you know, twenty and twenty-two. <gasps> you were yeah. twenty and twenty-two. Wow. Yeah. Who was twenty? You were. You were twenty. I was twenty. Wow. And how how long had you been Balchuva for? Or Balchuva for? I th- I think like three years. About. Three oh years. really? Yeah. So you like started earlier than most people. Yeah. High school. Wow. So that's kind of it's kind of big. Like to get married at twenty is a Balchuva, I think. After three years of... Right. Uh, I didn't think of it that way, but I guess so. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Love it. This is so this is so interesting. So, all right. So, and you were both creative people. Like, you were for sure creative at that time, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, you played in a band, right? Like, you um, played in... No, I'd, I'd kind of quit music around then, like, a few years before. Really? So, I wasn't really playing cello. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. You made those recordings of Nagunim in the basement. Right, yeah. I have. Set, I put some videos on YouTube at the time, but that's mm. about it. So did you only start pursuing your music after the divorce? No. Um, a few years after we were married, I joined Bulletproof Stockings. Oh, okay. And then I started playing. So that's again. when you started playing was Bulletproof yeah. Stockings. Yep. Wow. How was that, doing Bulletproof Stockings? It was an adventure. Yeah. Like... I don't know. It feels like a super... That, that's a really cheesy way to put it, but I, I don't even know how to summarize mm. it. It was just a huge experience that I haven't wow. even fully processed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot unsaid there, but that's cool. I'm, I'm not going to... Okay. I'm not going to push it. All right. <laughs> it's but another podcast. It's another podcast. I'm going to bring another person in here. Uh, we, oh, that's a surprise guest. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> she has, you have a look of shock. Our on face, face is just like, oh no. <laughs> like, who um, is it? All right, cool. Yeah. So, interesting. Okay, so like, but that, it does sound like that was a time when you were like kind of maybe reconnecting to your creativity or? 
Yeah, that I mean that was that's a whole long separate story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, getting involved like on a personal with, level. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean like getting involved with that band and then starting to play again. It would mm. just set me off down this like crazy path that I can't even. Wow. Yeah, it would so, just take too long. So was creativity like? Do you think that that was a big part of your story? Like in terms of all the changes and stuff in your life since then? Yeah, I I would say if anything, like we met and got married during a time when I was very much like either out of touch or in denial of all of that. Uh I was going to become a pharmacist and then a scientist and (laughs) I was going to be a very practical, logical person. Wow. Interesting. So. Do you think, was there like, was there, was it like a, a religious reason that you didn't do your creativity? Like in your mind, I'm saying. Um, I think, I mean, at the time, I thought, like, oh, it would just be too complicated to integrate everything, and... Yeah. Yeah. Shabbos and all wow. that would just be... Oh, so it was, like, kind of, like, you thought of it as a practical consideration? Yeah. I just... Wow. Yeah. Couldn't figure it out, I thought. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, along that... During that time, like, what was your experience in terms of watching her start to connect? I'm, I'm speaking to Hanan, people who can't see me. Um... Did it, was you, were you uh, like what was the experience in terms of seeing her grow creatively, in terms of and it maybe like how that affected you or your marriage or? Um, I mean, we're, I, yeah, I, by the way, I just want to clarify to the listener: we agreed, but like we're going personal because that's what we we talked about, right? Yeah. So we're cool with that. I just yeah. want to like lay that yeah. out there. <laughs> okay, cool. I, 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 I like feel to... like people would be like, "What is he asking? Like these crazy questions." <laughs> But anyway, sorry. Yeah. I, I like to think that I was very supportive. Mm-hmm. I'm not, well, I'm, just, I'm, not, <laughs> but, I'm not like trying like, to ask if it was that. I'm saying like, right. but, did, but how did it well, how feel did I for you? Feel, right? yeah. Yeah. So, what was your actual experience? I right. thought it was exactly. like super cool that I, that I was like married to someone oh, interesting. sort of famous <laughs> uh, without my having to actually do <laughs> a whole lot for it. Right. You were famous uh, adjacent. Yes. Which is, it has a lot of, a lot of benefits. Uh-huh. Like no work, but all <laughs> right. play. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. Because I thought maybe that would add stress or something like that. No, I think it was I, a helpful I, distraction. <laughs> for, oh wow! For us, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Right, when you're very busy with with one thing, you can't be busy with other things. Wow. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. problems. Right. Yeah. Who has time for problems? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. You feel like. Um, being busy is kind of like sometimes I feel like that happens for sure. Like you get involved in your own life enough that you're not focused on the problems around you kind of. Yeah. Especially in like relationships. Right. That's what, yeah. In that context in particular. Yeah. I feel like my kind of post analysis is that we spent, I don't know, the first, at least six years we were married, like so busy and focused on survival that yeah. Didn't, Mm have any space or energy to think about anything else. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So what's interesting also is I guess I'm looking at everything obviously from like retrospect or whatever, but like it seems to me like maybe also part of this story is that because one thing I didn't mention is that it seems like you've kind of gone on your own derech since then. Was it during the divorce or during the marriage or was it after the marriage that that started to happen? Yeah, that's it. Interesting question. Um, yeah. Okay. So this is. I guess I'll just. I'll just say it. Okay. So 
um, what is it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> at some point, I kind of just, like, at some point I kind of had a, I don't know if you'd want to say like a, just like all the cognitive dissonance kind of broke or some walls broke. And mm. I realized that we were getting divorced. Mm. And once I realized we were getting divorced, I was able to start thinking about other things in my life. And mm. um, it just, yeah, kind of led me down a whole rapid pathway of reevaluation. Wow. Yeah. But you, I don't really have any answers yet. In terms of like, oh, like uh, religiously you're saying? Yeah. You have any answers? Wow. But it caused you to reevaluate at least what you were holding on to at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, if I had any questions over the years, I always, what I told myself, which is kind of embarrassing now, is like, oh, if I hadn't done this, I would have never met Hanan. And I was supposed to meet Hanan. Oh, and marry wow. Him. That's And really so that just like quieted everything. I didn't have to go there. Wow. That's, I mean, well, that's really interesting because that explains a lot, I guess. Like in terms, of, in, in the sense of like how you're saying that it was kind of like right as you were starting to get realize that you were going to get divorced that you start to question things because it was hinged on the relationship yeah it's just kind of strange hmm. yeah <laughs> i don't think it's that strange right i feel like i don't know i feel like when people are grasping at something that they have trouble like this cognitive dissonance thing like so i, I was recently i recently wrote actually about this about like there's this these guys actually orthodox jews who did this study this really, like the guy, they're really awesome, like these these people. And they did this study on spiritual, it's basically like spiritual dissonance, like where someone has like, there's a, their actions don't completely align with their personal, actual beliefs. And I mean like actual beliefs, not like what they tell themselves they believe, right? Like, and so those people tend to, like there's kind of a graph of happiness. And so people who are like in their like in general, most people who are practicing religiously are actually happier than people who aren't practicing. Um, and the reason for that is like spirituality, like when you're living out your beliefs, then it's healthy and it's good. But there's a flip side to that. When you're not living out the beliefs that, or you, or your beliefs haven't been thought through or whatever it happens to be like, or it's like a break like that happens, then all of a sudden this dissonance happens where our beliefs are not like I'm living the life of an Orthodox Jew, for example, and, but I don't agree with that or I don't agree with these aspects or I don't know what I think about them. And so those things create like an intense amount of tension. And so I'm saying like I think that part of, I don't know, I think so much of us like we're, what, what happens in those situations is a lot of people try desperately to like hold on to something that will keep them like anchored in that, you know. It was a really long speech, but... Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> Just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying, because like, I had my own experience with Chabad, with Chabad belief, like, right. where I went through that, like, as right. opposed to Orthodox, but it was, like, something where I had, like, a real struggle with science, and so I got to the point where I got sick from it, because oh. it was, like, yeah, so... But anyway, mm-hmm. so I think it's really interesting, because I thought, I didn't know if it's, like, I think what's so interesting about these questions is, like, you know, the cause, or is it the cause, or is it the effect? Like, am I... You know, is the divorce the cause of the the separation from religion, or is it, or was it the effect of it? Or you know what I'm saying? Like all these, yeah, sorts of things are really interesting. Yeah, I don't even think about it that way. I just feel like the divorce allowed me to start right. thinking about stuff I couldn't dare to to poke before. And wow, yeah, hmm. I think that says something about like, I don't know, at least the theory of marriage, right? Like I think like. 
or we feel like we can't question things sometimes when we're married. I think that's like an interesting. Yeah, it's risky. Thing. It's risky. Is that what we're gonna say? No, it is risky to uh, question in general. In general, easier, much it's much easier to repress. Right. Yeah. Served well in the short term. Right? Served me well for many years. <laughs> <laughs> it's like procrastination, kind of. Yeah. It's like you know, you're like, I'll think about this later or never, but like, I'm not gonna think about this now. Like, and so I'll push it down. Yeah, it's mental procrastination. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah, suppressing is like. Yeah, and I think that marriage, like marriage, is is hard because that's like, the thing. That's the place. Like the the consequences of rethinking things when you're married, especially like religiously, I think, are like like at least feel like they could be astronomical. Like if you think, you know, like oh, I'm reevaluating this, and what does that say about our marriage? Like you know, and all these things, that's really intense. Like I think I even experienced that. Like again, like when I had that, it's like oh, my whole life was based on like I got married like an orthodox marriage, and I was at the time I wasn't sure if I was going to stay orthodox and all these things. I was like. What does that say about everything that I've built? Like, it's a big, it's existential, it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> it is. How did you deal with it? How did I deal with it? I'm, <laughs> oh, you're turning it around because you don't want to answer questions. He's Very good well. at that. Yeah. Well done. Well yeah. done. Well, it's a conversation, right? It's not an interview. Yeah. It's yeah. cool. You can, you can turn things around. I don't care. You can handle it. You, do you have a surprise guest for me? <laughs> this is all part of the trick. Um, so for me, I broke down, basically. And I told, I told Rivka, actually. Actually, Rivka was, was part of what helped me. And I think that's what's interesting about these sorts of discussions is, like, when, does it, when is it helpful to be married and when is it not helpful? And I think for different, obviously for different people, it's a different answer. But, like, uh, so I went to Rivka. I was like... Um, I think I'm going, I'm going off the derrick. <laughs> that was like, that was literally what I told her. I just was like, I, I didn't know what to say. Cause I was like, I'm sick because I can't, at the time it was more questions about science. Uh, then it became like bigger questions. And I was just like, I just don't know what to do. And she was like, like, so at the time, you know, like when you're, you, I, I imagine, you know, what I'm talking about like, you know, living in Crown Heights and in Chabad, you feel like you're like, that's the whole world. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's everything. And so, like, if you don't believe in one thing of Chabad, then, like, your whole, like, everything, about, at least for me, it was like, I, uh, then what do I believe in? Like, and so in my head, Chabad belief became, like, Orthodox belief. And so Rivka was like, a lot of, why don't you just, like, learn other stuff, like, about Jewish, like, there's other perspectives about Judaism and science. And the next day, she happened to pick up a book, like, she was like, oh, there's this book that my brother left here, like, a year ago. And it's called Torumata, and it was this book about combining. It was more about secular wisdom and Jewish wisdom, and like how those things can coexist. And then that changed my Jewish life, at least, you know. Um, so yeah, so that was like, and I was very lucky to be married to someone who was open to those ideas anyway, you know. And so, so that's my story with that. You had a a, a strong enough relationship. Um, well, I think. So, and, and it also just happened, I, I don't even, I mean, I think yes, but I also think it was just like, and it, lucky is like the wrong word, right? But I, if you're religious, <laughs> but I think it's an easier way to explain it. I was lucky in the sense that Rivka um, was the kind of person that I could say that to and her answer wouldn't be, it wasn't just about, it was, thank God, about us having a good relationship, but I think it was also about her just being a smart, logical person and being like, well, why don't you look at other pieces of Torah, you know? And I also, and like, it was actually really interesting because I had 
kind of brought her more into Chabad Hasidus, and then she kind of she had been more some some sort of kind of mix between modern Orthodox and a little bit of Hasidus, and then and then so I kind of ended up becoming more like her, like in the end, and it was just I really feel like it's Hashkacha Pratis, like it just worked out that we ended up kind of on the same derech, whereas when we started it was like two different derechs, so yeah. It's funny because I think normally you're supposed to start in the same place. Right, that's what they supposed say. Supposed to. Right. According yeah, there's a lot folks. of supposed tos in the world. I feel like. Do you feel like that? Like, do you feel like that was part of it? Like with you guys, like that you were both felt like you were in the same place religiously. I think we were in the same place religiously. Um, I I think I you kind of clung to religion. Uh, or like wanted me to like have to stay religious because that's like what brought us together. So you kind of like pushed me to like do stuff. Well, no, I, mm. I, I, I think that, um, <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> au contraire. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that there's a lot of messaging, um, that I somehow absorbed. Maybe it's not a somehow, maybe it's quite obvious to, to someone else, but, um, about how like the religious health of a household kind of re- like almost rests on the, the uh, woman. And like, if you mm. start, if you even, you know, stop doing anything that you were doing in yeshiva, it's all my fault. Mm. And I did not want that responsibility. I already felt like, <laughs> I already felt like I was kind of blamed when you stopped wearing white shirts every day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and like. My biggest secret is out. Yeah. I mean, you're not wearing one now. Oh, not yeah. But this is audio. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was a secret until now. Yeah. But, um. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I mean, I think there was one that I, I felt responsible if you stopped doing anything, um, and I felt like that, um, and like, yeah, and I felt like that was my fault for not being like whoever I was supposed to be. Uh, I don't know. And then what was the other thing? <laughs> my brain got lost. Um, <laughs> that I think I part of me was afraid that if you stopped doing anything, that I would stop too, and like I was kind of relying on you to keep me. It's funny because I felt like I was on being, the straight and narrow. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but I was being kept there. Like I remember a couple of times, different stuff that you made it very clear that you wanted me to do certain things, and I was like, okay, fine. That sounds so ambiguous, but it's I, I mean, like, <laughs> like observing, like, like observing the mikvah. Yeah, 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 going to the mikvah, doing matilim and shabbos mivarchim. Uh, I sound like such a freak. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I think I feel like that's. I do think that's relatively no. Like I don't know what's going on in everyone's house, but like right. I feel like the fact that you got that message, I think indicate. And, and Rifka also got that message when we first got married. She told me like her mentor, or whatever, sat her down and was like, "Just remember, like a lot, like because I was like this crazy weird ball. I was about weird from the beginning, and she was. So they were like, "Just remember, like this guy, like just you know, keep an eye on him." Like, and it was her job. Like it was her job to to, to care, babysit. Yeah, yeah to babysit <laughs> my yeah, observance. It doesn't really and, set you up for like a healthy partnership partnership of right. situation at all. Yeah, yeah, totally. It feels like very fifties or something. Like where the the husband is in charge of the wife or vice right. versa. It's like the from version of the fifties, like yeah. Leave it to Beaver from version. Wow. Yeah. That's really the interesting. 50s is live in Crown Heights. So it's so <laughs> interesting. We never even talked about this, but I I didn't realize we didn't that you Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well we haven't talked about it after the fact. I mean 
We did or we didn't? We haven't. We haven't. Oh, this is the perfect time. I know. Yeah, publicly. Um, yeah. To many people. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just yeah. Joking. Wow, that's so cool. I love that. I mean, yeah. it's so interesting that you're exploring that. I think like it's so important. And I feel like that. That's so. It's funny because I think so much. So often we talk about divorce, like these these issues, like they're so personal, and they obviously are so personal. But like, it's so interesting to hear the structural stuff as a religious person struck like. I think the structure of the society, by definition, affects your marriage. You know, like all these expectations of uh, whatever, it affects you very personally. Yeah. You know. That is one advantage of Crown Heights, I find. It's very mm. anonymous, especially when right. you are not from Crown Heights. Mm-hmm. I can pretty much do whatever I want. <laughs> but as long as I show up to Shul and Shabbos, like, mm. no one knows. Interesting. And that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> but but that's yes. actually a good point because back yeah. but it, it was different though when you were married because now then the societal effects are more invasive in terms of in your life you know yeah not in a so. negative way but necessarily or maybe in a I mean I think often invasive implies yeah negative. so maybe I was yeah. maybe negative <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, in this you, context yeah and it, and it's so interesting to me how I, I find that so fascinating because I feel like a lot of you know I wrote this whole thing about. I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter what the article was, but I just remember, like, I really think that a lot of Bali Chuva are the, like, the ones who are the most, like, trying to be, and this is a big generalization, so I'm obviously not t- speaking about everyone, but I do think a lot of the ones who seem even more reactionary and more strong in their beliefs, in, a, in their actions and beliefs, I often feel, I often, like, have this really deep feeling, like, they're the ones that seem the most miserable to me. Like they seem, and they're projecting, like they're trying to like do that thing that I was describing where they're like holding on to everything. Yeah. And it's coming from a place of uh, fear, I think. Yeah. I mean, like, some people, I don't know, like some, some people, people like me are a little, I think, are a little intense. And whenever they mm. do anything, they just, they want to do it perfectly. And mm. yeah, like perfectionists. So I think mm-hmm. it can also come from that. That's really interesting. So you were like perfectionist Jew. Like, yeah, I've got to do this all, like, 110%. Right, but I also think, I I would argue that that comes from a place of, like, you can tell me from, (laughs) talking about you in particular, but I'm saying, from my own experience, I feel like that comes from a place of of also fear, because Hmm. it's like, if I'm not that perfect person, if I'm not living it out perfectly, then that means the the other side of that is that I'm a complete failure. Right. You know? Yeah. I I mean, I think for me personally, I also, there is a little voice in the back of my head that was kind of like... If I don't do everything, I won't do anything. Right. So, yeah, I guess that is based in fear. You also do go into, like, like you got into film photography for, like, six weeks. And, like, you were really into it. Oh, interesting. And, like, Whatever. very enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> she was a film Balchuva. Yeah, but, like, and, like, you have these, like, things you get into. Yeah, I feel like that's... Th- those are usually shorter-lived. Yes. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a... Yeah. It's a... Although, Difference in I mean, that, degree. Yeah, that's like a whole nother podcast. Of, yeah, conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, like, did I get into Orthodox Judaism as a phase? And then was mm. I so embarrassed when people told me it was a phase? I was like, no, I'm doing this. I really mean it. Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's hard to, yeah. hard to know, I guess. I don't know. I certainly yeah. don't. Mm. Riding the you waves know, you know. of excitement. You know. Do you do you still consider yourself Orthodox? 
Elisheva? Um, or is that not a fair question? Even? I, I don't, I guess not. I don't know. <laughs> I know it's like oh, one of those, you know, it's one of those questions that I'm, um, mentally procrastinating on. <laughs> like nice. just, I, I just, well, at least you're honest about it. I just can't think about, about it right now. Right. Like I'll think about it for a moment and I'm like, no, we'll just put that away. I'll deal with it later. Yeah. And I don't really know. Is it I mean, I guess I don't identify as that, but I don't yeah. know what I believe or what I identify as. But what I find so interesting, like, is when I, you know, I'm a fan of your Instagram posts these days because they're, like, really interesting because it's seeing the evolution of someone in real time, seeing the evolution of someone who's chosen not to follow, like, their path, their path, a path that they chose. And um, seeing you basically, in my, as, as far as I can tell, like, flourishing. And, mm-hmm. and so it's interesting because I feel like if, if anyone was listening to this without context, they might think, oh, sh- you know, she lost, is she this? But actually, it sounds like you're, you're pretty happy, as far as I can tell. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, it's weird, because I don't feel like I have an overarching life plan. I don't really know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like, on a day-to-day basis, my life's filled with a lot of things that I want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's cool. That's just kind of where I'm coming from at the moment. Yeah. Wow. And so what, so I guess we can lead, go to the actual question. I guess this is much more of an interview than I expected, but I guess that's how it is because I'm curious. <laughs> but um, you, so what happened that you guys ended up having like such a good relationship afterwards? Like that you guys can hang out and, and I mean, be chill together. I will like, okay. I think I should state that hanging out a, even a few hours a week is way different than being married. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> very, very different. Um <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I, I, that's so interesting. I, I just feel like, I don't know, I, maybe I'm, again, being stereotyping or something, but if, it yeah. feels to me like it would be very hard, I would imagine, to be mm. able to hang out together. Yes, know? I mean, there's a lot of different... Okay. Um, I guess I could jump in. Yeah, sure, jump in. Uh, <laughs> I feel like if we had met each other and hadn't had this mindset of, oh, if you meet a girl and you're talking to her, or you meet a boy and you're talking to him, you have to get married, mm. or you can't talk. Like, it's one of the two. Yeah, that was, that was a, sorry, not, but that was a big part of, I think, what, why we ended up getting married, is we met, and we were both pretty lonely at the time, and we mm. formed a good friendship, and there was no context for, especially, like, two people who identified as, like, I don't know, Hasidish or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. To be, um, like to be friends when they're not the same gender. And it was kind of like, okay, you either meet and get married Mm. or you stop talking. And we're just like, we don't want to give up this friendship. And Mm. yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. So, I mean, I think that's, that's, yeah, an important part of it. Yeah. And I think, feel like we were always much better friends than spouses, Mm. even if the spouse part took away from the friendship. Right. Like the stress? Or well, we were good business partners. I kind of think of our marriage as like a, we were good business partners. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, if you, yeah, if you think of a marriage like a business, which I hope... Which you shouldn't. I, I hope not everyone <laughs> <It's> does. <depressing. laughs> but, um, okay. Like you were very good at being practical together? Yeah, yeah. Sense. We like, we went through a lot and like, mm. Yeah. Yeah, we, we saved money, we spent wisely. We, we almost bought a house. <laughs> almost bought a house. We dealt with all kinds of family issues. Mm. Um, uh, put mm. me through school. Um, like, found a social circle, made friends. Yeah. Moved here with, like, net zero. 
dollars. Mm. I don't know. But a lot of stuff from uh, Crate and Barrel is that the? <laughs> no, 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 no. Bed Bath and Beyond. Is that, is that the I'm measurement sorry. of the success, the practical success? That we went of from Bed Bath and Beyond to Crate and Barrel. No, we never. No, did. They, they, you, we never <laughs> went to Crate and Barrel. <laughs> no, we didn't. Sorry. <laughs> You can't expect me to remember the names of stores. I like I how this, this, I like how this has been the biggest disagreement so far. <laughs> the Crane Barrel versus Ben Beth and Yant discussion. I just have a, have a very classy soul. So you have a very like, classy it's, soul. It's yearning for Crane Barrel, but my... Right, yeah. Uh, it's a nice aesthetic. But, but my brain says, no way you're spending that kind of money. Yeah, wow. totally. Um, yeah, so I think that's part of it. We got... Like, we were good friends, and we got married because we kind of didn't know any better, and there didn't appear to be any other option. Um, and wow. then while we were married, it was like, we, I don't know, you can, uh, I was saying, we were also, you were the first girl I ever talked to essentially. Wow. Right. So that's like, oh, okay. So we, we get along great. Like, that was like in third grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And we got along. Good rapport. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. And then like when we got married, it was just so. Overwhelming, crazy. overwhelming, and crazy. Yeah, and uh, wow, just uh, a hard. I, I don't know. I don't feel like I knew myself very well. I uh, certainly didn't know how to interact with others uh-huh. uh, in terms of relationships. You were super repressed. Yes. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, That's great that you're so honest about that and open about it. What, what can I say? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was too. Whatever. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So, so there was that. Um, and I, I guess like getting divorced, I, I think we've both said this, that it felt like a lot of pressure was taken off and like we were able to actually start having conversations after we got divorced. And like there was no more, there was no more we had to like um, maintain or sustain anymore. Right. Yeah. I've also like, I mean, I've, you know, I've been going to therapy for a year, uh-huh. which has been yeah. wonderful. Wow, that's really interesting. I feel like that was that's, the that last was, gift I gave you. That was the last. Uh. Well, it was the last threat I think would be what I would use. Whatever. That was the most marriage-like <laughs> interaction ever. Like it, it, was, it was a gift. It was a threat. Like that's just like the adverse. That's so funny. Sorry. Uh, wow, that's so fascinating. I I think that's so interesting because I think that shows so much. Like I don't want to be all. Oh, orthodox world, but yeah, people already think of me that way, so why not? But like, I, I do think it's interesting. Like, you didn't have a real interaction with a woman until then, and so you didn't. You, it was hard for you to recognize the difference between a friendship and like the potential for for marriage. Yeah. I'm not saying that I could recognize it now, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, but, I'm not some like right. But you're slightly guru. Let's say you're slightly better equipped than you I, were then. I hope but so. <laughs> but I think more the the point is like how. That that's so, like I I find that so interesting because, in a sense, that's kind of what the system is based on, right? Like they were meant to, like. The, the idea is that it's meant to be healthier. That we start off and we the first like whatever whatever relationship we build, we just build from there. But like you uh, come in here, n- n- knowing nothing. What's that? You uh, come in with nothing. Knowing nothing. Right, knowing nothing. Which to me yeah. sounds insane. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, well, it's funny because I can't really speak that because on one hand, I obviously had a lot of friendships. Even Rivka was actually my friend uh, in high school and, and in college. We were in touch. And 
Um, but I also, like, she was also the first person I married after I started shidduch dating. So, like, kind of have both angles of that. But, like, um, anyways, what's my point? Oh, yeah, so my point is I, I find that... So it's it's interesting. You kind of feel now, looking back, that that was unhealthy. If I knew then what I know now... Yeah. Right, I mean, hindsight is 2020. Yeah. It's not that, you know, would I make the same decisions? Mm. I mean, probably, because whatever, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, it, it's, it, it seems crazy to just, to, to meet someone online and mm. get married. But yeah, it's, but it's also, it helps explain so much, I think, why you guys are still friends. And I think that's, it's great that, that I feel like we're going back to the core question, but in a way that's so fascinating. Cause it's like, why are you guys still friends? Actually, because of the seed of maybe a bigger problem that exists even beyond you guys, like, which is, this idea of like kind of this isolation that then leads to a misunderstanding maybe of what a relationship is. Yeah, I, I would also say that, I mean, not to get too personal, yeah. um, I didn't really see... <laughs> <laughs> <Have> we, <laughs> believe you me, this is for you can get more personal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have a goal in the next 20 minutes. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, I did not see, uh, I don't, I'm not blaming anyone and not throwing anyone under the bus. I'm not excusing my behavior, but I do not see like a happy marriage growing up. My parents were separated mm. for like my entire childhood, essentially. Right. Um, they only got divorced when I was like 25. No. Mm. No, uh, they got divorced the summer after we got married. Wow. The summer after we got married, was it? Yeah, it was. It I'm was sure. a very stressful summer. That, that summer? Yeah. Oh, I was like 23. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> it's all the difference in the world. Um, Sorry. That's okay. Yeah. Correct again. <laughs> uh, my point is, right, I had no idea what a marriage was supposed to look like. I know they would have... I'm saying if... if right, that's really if, interesting. If you, if you grow up in the system and your parents are happy mm. somehow, uh, mm-hmm. like you have that to mm. build on. Right. Uh, I, never, I never saw that. So I didn't have those those skills and yeah. that experience. W- that, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, you. you no, you're okay. the honored guest. You're uh, now, I was just going to throw out one other reason why I think that we're still friends. Like, when we were getting divorced, we made a choice mm. to not have it be a fight. And mm. we we tried to, like, sever our all the stuff we needed to, like, as quickly and easily as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow, that's I, beautiful. Yeah, I remember a, that. It was very quick. Yeah, like from beginning to end, like it was like six weeks. Wow, it was like once the thunderbolt hits of oh, shouldn't be married anymore. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like for years and years, I was bringing up stuff that I was happy about. Yes, and I did not respond appropriately. Mm. I mean, Interesting. Or yeah. any you didn't hear me. Really. I, I didn't hear you. Yeah. Yes. Mm. So what was the, how did it turn from, like, the comments to a thunderbolt? Like, unheard comments to a thunderbolt. I think we have two different perspectives on this. Yeah, sure. What's yours? <laughs> okay, um, so because I uh, have a lifetime of, uh, yeah, I would just, just say that uh, my family was very, like, stiff, up, stiff upper lip, hmm. South African, uh, pretend everything's fine. Very polite, Always. all the time. Right. Never acknowledge hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Well, my parents aren't listening to this. (laughs) Uh, I'm pretty sure they don't listen to every cast. So, you know, I, I always... Not not only did I pretend that everything was fine, but mm. I I just ignored mm. everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was after Tishrei. Oh, I, I remember exactly what happened. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, no, but basically it was just like oh, all of a sudden we were so close. We were so close to getting S- something deep, to getting real. <laughs> we were about to get so real. I'm not sure what the. Oh, okay, fine. I, I don't know what you're gonna say actually. Oh, it's about me. Oh, it's about you. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay. Now, but I want to know what you were <laughs> trying to <laughs> stop him from saying. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is this is slightly embarrassing, but not that the rest of this hasn't been, so it's fine. <laughs> uh, so I, oh, well, I'll lay this out. When I was like 16, my mother wanted me to get a driver's license. Mm-hmm. I think so that she wouldn't have to drive me to yeshiva every day. Mm-hmm. Just like a 15 minutes each way, back and forth, whatever. Annoying. Uh, I didn't end up getting one then. Um, so then when I was like 22 and, and we were dating, I, I like promised, yeah, I'll get a license. Hmm. Uh, because then like life will be a lot easier. Uh, so right after we got married, it was between Russia and Yom Kippur, I, t- I took a driver's test. And I couldn't park for the life of me. Mm. Uh, so then I didn't get a license at that point. And for like the whole of our marriage, I was like a source of, of uh, stress. Mm. Like El Sheva dro- drove everywhere. And like, it was just, mm. it wasn't like a, a good thing. Um, and like, why didn't I do it? I think cause I was, I was scared. I was, mm. um, I'm also very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I have no idea. I don't like doing what people want me to do. Mm. You're contrarian. Ah, that's the word. You're very contrarian. contrarian. Mm. Very con- con- contrarian. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. <laughs> uh, so, right. So, like, if someone really wants, I mean, wants me to do something, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. Uh, but also, again, I was, I was like scared of driving, especially in New York, which is. It's so fun though. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we have different opinions on okay. things. <laughs> so, so that then oh, led so, to... Okay, so in, in the summer prior to our getting divorced, uh, I finally gave in. Mm. Oh, because we went on this trip, and I... Long story short, I followed Google, and I ended up on this road that wasn't a road, and I almost drove off a ledge and I had to back <gasps> out for a half mile. It was very scary. And Hanan mm. couldn't help me. And, mm. at, and then he was like, okay, fine, I'll get a license. So he... Yeah, mm. so I I took, got a license. I took uh, uh, the driver's ed and whatever, and was like spent a whole bunch of Sundays, mm. and I got a license. And I think it was October the eighteenth. Yeah, something like that. And you were so happy, like when I called you up and said I, and said that I passed. It was like the happiest because I think you had like in your mind like this is the the issue. This is the mm. problem. And when it's solved, well, mm. this is how I. Yeah, saw it. yeah. When when this is solved, everything's going to be amazing and mm. wonderful and great. And then the next morning, you're like, wait a minute, that didn't solve anything. <laughs> like it was annoying, and I, I'm I'm happy that it happened, but they mm. didn't actually solve any of our problems. Mm. And that's when, to me, that's when you were first like something has to uh, change, like something real. So that's the first time that I noticed. Mm. I, I, uh, I later learned that, you know, ideas were percolating 
No, mm. I mean, I had been talking about this stuff for years. I'd read tons of books. I'd begged you to read the books. Mm. Um, and I always made excuses until, you know, one of my coworkers is like, has he read the book that you asked him to read nine months ago? And I was like, he doesn't have time. He's really busy. She's like, really? He, like, reads The New Yorker every week. He does all this. Doesn't he read a lot? He doesn't have time to read this, like, short pop psychology book. Anyway, I don't but, know. That was my, like, I feel like I had been talking about this stuff for years. Um, yeah. 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 Whatever. And then, yeah, and then like <laughs> six weeks later, uh, December 7th or 1st or somewhere around there, I moved to uh, December 10th. <laughs> right. This is what? such a Hanan thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just figured out because I moved out on December 7th, okay. the Friday, and then we got divorced on Tuesday. Come on, this is Air boring. <laughs> See, I love this kind of stuff. I <laughs> yeah, love No going, one else I, does. My family loves me. This is what we do. You can do it with them, man. <laughs> so maybe we'll, we'll get them to listen. <laughs> so Sorry. December 10th, something. Something, something. But, but, the, but the point <laughs> is, between, uh, between the 19th of yeah. October and December 10th or 11th, not a lot of time. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so interesting, this idea that, like, if we solve this one thing, we'll solve it. Although, obviously, there are things going on. But, like, this idea of, like, the illusion kind of disappearing. Yeah. I think that's really fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, so, so what was your experience? I forgot the original question. What, what? was the thunderbolt moment? Oh. But it sounded like for you maybe that was a little bit different, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I think I... Oh, you said you were describing the New Yorker, like, or the discussion about the oh, books. Oh, I mean, that was just one discussion, oh, okay. but um, mm-hmm. uh, what was it? I mean, for me, really, it's t- kind of tied to music, honestly. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I guess I'll summarize it really quickly, but mm-hmm. um, after I started playing with Bulletproof Stockings, I got back into playing cello, and I even started taking Skype lessons with this woman, and um, yeah, and six months into it, I developed really bad hand pain. Um, and I went to the doctors and they told me like, uh, bilateral tendonitis or stuff like that. Um, but, uh, medication and therapies and stuff didn't really help. And so I was just like, okay, well, I'll just learn to deal with it. And I thought maybe like if I left my job at the time, it would get better. And, um, it just didn't. So I would like take a lot of ibuprofen to play. And, um, and then after the band ended, my pain was pretty bad. And, um, I was also in like kind of a really dark depression, um, Mm. which I didn't realize at the time. Um, uh, but I, I kind of had an idea for a song and then I, but like my hands were kind of just very tense and I couldn't play and I realized, okay, I have to do something about this. And I just kind of, I just went through all these different modalities from like just regular physical therapy to Alexander technique to, um, I finally read the Dr. Sarno back pain book. And then, like, once my pain started getting under control, I started doing, like, creativity and blocking stuff, which led me to the artist way. Mm, and oh boy. working through the morning pages. Wow. Like, I just wrote complaints for the first few months, and then... Right. Um, so just for anyone listening, the artist way is, like, this book about kind of unblocking your creativity, right? It's very famous for yeah. anyone in the creative world. And these morning pages are something you, like, commit to three pages a day yeah. in the morning. And it's meant to be, like, a ritual where you're just getting out stuff right yeah it's like clearing cleaning out your brain right. so you can think about the 
Wow. More interesting stuff. But yeah, mm. eventually I started writing stuff about our marriage, like really mm. disturbing things that once I saw on paper, I was like, oh my God. Like, I think I wrote something like, maybe he'll just die and then <gasps> I can like be wow. in a different relationship. But I don't want you to die. You're a great person. Oh, so yeah, that you. was kind of a, a real I'm moment glad of truth. glad we resolved that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> that was a real moment of truth for me. Like, yeah. I shouldn't be wishing that he would die. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that's where our brain goes when, in a sense, when like there feels like there's no exit. Right. Know? Like what it's got to, it has to be like an act of God, like, you know, right. or something like that. It just seemed impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah. And so interesting. How I, I feel, ah, oh, this is like, for me as a person running a podcast about, like about creativity, I feel like that's so fascinating. Like that the morning pages led to this because, um, Actually, I think even her idea for the morning pages came from a divorce, like mm-hmm. where she was like feeling so down from a divorce that she had. She started like she went to like a retreat. Do you remember this? Like she was she was talking about how she went into like the oh, mountains, yeah. like in some uh, place or whatever. And she was just writing like a lot. And that was how she learned to like do this morning pages thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, point being like. I feel like it's such a testament to like the power of creativity where it's not just about you know, I'm trying to create nice things. I'm trying to entertain people. It's like, no, this is like, it helps us face ourselves. You know, it helps us face who we are. Yeah. And the things we don't want to face, <laughs> which I think is interesting. I think that's so like, and also face like a society face, a thing that doesn't want to face and et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I mean, cool. I mean, it is Right, I mean, it's good no, in the I end. Good, I would, yeah. I would assume. Yeah, it's, uh, it definitely worked out. Yeah, yeah, I think for the best. We're both way better off. So. Wow. Yeah. That's really powerful. Yes. Okay, we'll be out in five minutes. Five ten minutes. Okay. It's <laughs> the <laughs> so janitor. We're here way too late. Sorry, everybody. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so yeah. I mean, I think that's really powerful to hear that. Um, I feel like. That I think one of the things I've learned as someone who's like involved in creativity is that honesty is like self-honesty is like one of the hardest things in the world to do, um, especially in difficult moments in our lives. And it's like a skill. And I think creativity kind of builds that muscle of like being honest with ourselves. Therapy is also a great way to do that. But in a way, it's also I would argue that therapy is like a form of creativity. You know, in the sense that we're express, we have to express something from deep within us. There's someone who's guiding us, but ultimately, we can't get there without ourselves, like arriving there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. End of speech. <laughs> yeah. And and so your your pain went away. <gasps> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's gone. Wow. It's gone. Um. I, I'm. I've been trying to remember back to that summer when all the hand pain started. Mm. And I, I don't know. I wonder if something had happened between us and like, I just couldn't deal with that. And that's, you know, it was like, just became this, my body created a distraction or my mind created a distraction Mm. from it. Yeah. But eh, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, it was real pain. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of, yeah. Like when I was sick from like, it's like a similar thing. This cognitive dissonance just building and building. And then, it, like, the the mind is so connected to the to the body in a way that we don't realize, you know. So, like, I could yeah. see why that wouldn't happen. In my evaluation as a an unqualified doctor, 
Um, <laughs> and psychologist. Um, wow, very cool. I was going to say, like, I had this thought earlier, and I, I feel like maybe it's almost random at this point, but I, I was really struck by you, Hanan, describing your experience of being, like, um, how, like, you also had this trouble with, with your, your family and stuff in terms of a model for what how to live. And I feel like that also speaks to a lot of the problems that exist in the Orthodox world in the sense that, or, or maybe especially in the Hasidic world, like, where... It's built for it's built for when it works. Does that make sense? Like it's built for the people who aren't on the fringes. If, in the best case scenario. In the best case scenario. It works great. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, but often right. we're not in the best case scenario. Especially right. Lubavitch where mm. uh, I mean so yeah, I'm my my parents are BTs, so it's not oh. it's not like I'm gash ah. or something. I'm not so 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 worthy, unfortunately. So <laughs> Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. but Lubavitch's there's so many different people, which is amazing because there's mm-hmm. so many amazing people in in Chabad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's also a lot of people who made major change, changes in their lives, and mm. they don't necessarily like know how to mm. integrate everything, and they get uh, married very quickly because that's how you keep people from is you get them married. Yeah, I remember. I remember going into yeshiva once, and that was like the first thing he told me. Like when I was asking about the place, he was like, "Like first thing, we try to get everyone married right away." This was like a super Chassid, super Chassidish place. I was like, "Uh, never mind." Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's really interesting, and I think that's that's like speaks to it so much. Where you know, so much of like I remember when that movie One of Us came out. Um, there were all these people complaining, like, "Don't you see like how many happy people exist in the?" in these communities as well. And I say, yeah. As, and I think like that's kind of true, but we also have to acknowledge that there's something really painful that happens to people who don't have everything in line in the right way, you know, if that makes sense. They don't yeah. have the right this or the right that. Or the, I mean, like, and, and speaking yeah. for myself, I can be happy in almost any situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably because I, pretend that everything's fine but like <laughs> but i i am happy like i'm a happy person yeah uh so i i don't know maybe people just like 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 this is life and it's wonderful and they they're telling us it's wonderful therefore it's wonderful and and we're happy yay we also all have different roles like i think that maybe your role is to just kind of be even and happy and oh you know yeah. and some people like some the, people are oh, always not happy or they're or, you know they're they like they seek out problems to solve them right. and you can't have everyone mm. doing one or the other be mm. world wouldn't function that great i mean to be fair it's not but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> not to get into politics or anything right yeah well, not good. but yeah i mean i think that it's so important that we i think like that's I would argue that's like a big part of what, oh my gosh, everything's going wrong today. Um, but <laughs> so the, there's like, I feel like that's like to bring it like all around is that I feel like that's like why, first of all, I think I have a feeling that's maybe why you guys like Hevria. And and I'll, I'll say, at least on my end, it's why Hevria was made. Was that like, there are people who don't fit in and there are people who aren't, like and and the problem is there's just especially in the orthodox world but but also in general i would say like there's not much structure built in for people who don't 
have everything worked out exactly right, you know, or aren't fitting into society perfectly. And actually, people who think creatively um, very often are the ones who end up feeling very alone. Um, I remember actually I was sitting down with, I was at this program for like rabbinic entrepreneurs, and this guy was presenting uh, off the derech community he was trying to build. Um, I guess it was post-Orthodox because it's meant to be for anyone, but like he was saying how in the the most like Haredi places, uh, the people who are the most creative are the ones who are the most likely to leave. And I remember being like so struck by that because it actually makes sense, I think. Like the people who are the most likely to think outside the box are not going to have trouble fitting in a place that's meant to keep you in a box. And I don't mean that in a, in a derogatory way, but I, I do think... There is, there's always going to be, there's no matter what, those communities are always going to have tension with creative people. And so we have to build communities for people who are out of the box, I think. I don't know. I think you should. We should. We should. Ah, oh, love it. What a great, ah, oh, I love it. You're right. <laughs> and I, was, I was just sitting there like, what is, <laughs> you're just shaking your head. Uh, no, I'm just... Uh, and there's a, a fundraiser coming up, right? We should fundraise for Havria. You know, we gotta, gotta okay, now it. we're getting too, this is too much. <laughs> but I, I, I think the principle matters, like right, right. the principle. We need to build a place where people can be themselves and not... Or instead of building a place, why don't we just all be aspire to make the world more like that? Mm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that's... We have to give people a space what... where that can happen. Right. I think it's easier for that to happen when you have a community behind you. That's yeah. what I would argue. Like, yeah. Otherwise, you... it's very l- lonely. Right. right. It's very lonely. Okay, that's... I think. Yeah. But I think you're right. I mean, I think if someone doesn't have a community, like, ultimately, that's what they should... Hopefully, we're, we're all doing that, right? Yeah. But I think, like, I guess in my mind, like... You know, one of the other, like, like there's there's actually a, all these studies done on loneliness now. And, like, America is one of the, like, is suffering deep, from all the things it's suffering from. One of the things it's deeply suffering from is loneliness. And people who are lonely actually end up, uh, their health ends up being worse than someone who smokes, or as bad as someone who smokes, like, a pack a day, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they have heart problems, all these things that result from it. And... I think like, and so I think what happens a lot of times, like why, why are these creative people leaving these communities? Like, because I think part of it is that they feel deeply alone. Like they might not find another community afterwards and they might not even think they need it or they might not even need it. But I think at the very least, it's so painful to be in one where, you know, you're not accepted because loneliness is incredibly powerful. You know, I don't know. Hmm. I'm just talking. I'm just, I don't know. Throwing things out now. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, I don't know. And on that note. Well, I'm, I guess <laughs> what I'm trying to end on is that I'm really grateful to you guys. First of all, that you both came to this, which was really crazy, a crazy idea. And I love that we st- we followed through on it. It was awesome. And I'm really grateful that you're part of what we're building, like in whatever way you want to be. But like, I'm just grateful, like coming to this, being part of this. Like, I think it's so powerful because I think, first of all, I think other people can see it and see what that that other people have gone through this. Like to talk about this publicly, I think is so powerful. And then also to help b- connect those people to like you and to 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 Hebria or whatever it is. Like, 
is power. It's a powerful thing. Like I guarantee you, there's someone out there who's listening to this who feels lonely and feel because of this, this stuff, this topic, and either they're in something or they're out of something, whatever. And I think that act is like incredibly brave. So thank you, and thank you for building this together. Thank you for coming here today. It was my pleasure. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Hivriya Cast. I'm Aladna Harai. If you'd like to hear more and read more of our work, you can follow us by going to hivriya.com or facebook.com slash mag. We've been recording at the Kalal Studios in New York City, and the music that you're hearing is Voice Lessons by Darshan. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing and hearing from you again. Yeah.